Today is the day to wake, work, and win. Welcome to The Standard. We were just out in uh, in Illinois giving a uh, talk at one of our uh, at a conference, a health and safety conference, and I'm going through this this whole shtick, and someone got up and walked out because they didn't like what I was saying. Basically, like that it's too dangerous to work to like train, work out basically in our gear. I think we have those people at every department, right? It's too dangerous. How did you feel? How did that make you feel? Uh, honestly, I'm really happy that it happened because as a presenter, um, I've never had anyone like walk out. And so it kind of like kicked me off my game a little bit. Yeah. And it was, I kind of appreciated the fact that like, all right, uh, I'm, I feel like kind of on my heels a little bit and yeah. now I need to get the room back. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. As a presenter, like I'm, I appreciated the, and then I tried to go talk to them afterwards, and uh, it didn't, it, it didn't end up working out. But I kind of wanted to be like, well, what can I say? Is there anything that I can say to change your mind? And if they would have said no, well, then it's no yeah. factor. Then you know, but gotta have her on the podcast. I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm a hundred percent in. Yeah. You know? Actually, I mean it's that whole debate of, you know, training in your gear and the gear has got the PFAS, you know, the, the big buzzword PFAS in the gear and carcinogens in the gear. And, you know, the way, the way we looked at it and we talked about it after the, the presentation, it was like, you know, everything we wear and this hat I got on right now has got kind of all kinds of shit in it. You know, I sweat in it all day long. The clothes I wear that, that, you know, the stuff we consume every day, the products we put on, you know, hair, shampoo, all that stuff, suntan lotion, all that stuff. I mean, everything we use has a risk to it, has, you know, you know, being in California, everything's a carcinogen, everything's got known cancer causing and it's banned and, you know, it's just the way it is. But, you know, at some point you have to be ready and you can't be ready for the fire ground in shorts and a t-shirt. There's just no way. You don't want you training in your gear. Is that the argument? That's, that's kind of the new thing going on. I mean, talk yeah. about the AFF, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I had a union cause this was a union conference and I had a union representative come up to me at the end and they're like, Hey, I just want to let you know that the, uh, the internationals, like this is the new hot topic. This is the new clean cab. This is the new thing. And so, you know, if you're going to present on this, just make sure that you understand that, like, the union's not going to back you on this. And so here, here's my thought on it, right? If we want to do this, if we want to actually go and, and tackle the issues with cancer, which I think is important, uh, what did everyone do last night? Did they go out and drink? Right. Are they are they having are they were they out super late last night? Are we OK with the fact that? you know, on average, we're getting like four hours of sleep a night, like, or that everybody is well, overweight. 70% 70 of the, the, the fire service yeah, is obese. 70%. Like, yeah. Like we, we just had this conversation. I got to jump in on that one is because we are, the whole fire service is now changed with the whole cancer stuff. Right. So like for us, all of our new rigs or turnouts have to be on the exterior, right? No more in, in cap turnout stuff, any of your gear. As soon as you're done, we have a trash bag, garden hose, you package everything up. And get professionally shipped out. So are you arriving to fires and then you have to get dressed there? Yes. Uh, you put on your stuff, you jump in, right? So you sit in your seat. Okay. But the BA and everything sits outside. So, yes, it does take a little bit of time. Damn, man. Um, and then once you get back, we have chemical detox units, right, a.k.a. basically a sauna. And you, there's a protocol. You sit in there, you shower, you sit in there, you shower. And you can see it does work. You can see all the, the shit sweating out of you. It is pretty gross. But then, like you said... But then we normalize going back into the station, pat each other on the back. We can eat a burrito, have some ice cream, celebrate. Then you get off and we all meet up for beers, right? Yeah. It's like, well, what's worse? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's what's way worse. Faster? So it's, 
give and take and yeah I, I mean i think there's a middle ground right like but if you ain't i mean let's get down to the like the real deal like training and gear like if you don't train in gear you're gonna and, and most guys already are not in shape enough and then they put gear on like you're gonna be so ineffective if you don't train in gear you could like, die. You have to train in gear. you so could have a, a cardiac event yeah you know? <laughs> right the thing that kills us the most yeah so if, if there's gonna be a pushback on that they got to provide training gear like okay cool well, then you got to provide me turnouts to train it. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Rentals. We do that in our academy. We do rental turnouts. And I think if you can just practice calm under chaos and you just train to that mindset and that methodology, you're going to be set up for success. Like I teach Rick in our department. That's what we do. We instill that calm under chaos. And just here's your full gear. It's going to be a long day, boys. This is going to suck. But at the end of it, you're going to be proud that you put the work in in full gear. We're not going to say, yeah, we, we did uh, – Rick drills in our shorts, helmets, and gloves because it was easier, right? Because it's hot outside. So it's, it, it is, you have to train in full gear. There's no substitution. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, I, I always find it funny when people are posting stuff on Instagram of them forcing doors in gardening gloves and t-shirts. And it's like, that's fine. If that's your first day, like if you're just learning how to use the tool, I'm, I'm yeah. on board with that. You got to, you know, crawl, walk, run. But if you're a professional firefighter and you are promoting the fact that, like, this is how we're going to um, become better at our job, like, what are we doing for that next generation? We're showing them, like, this is how it's supposed to be done. It's just, it's a shame. It really is. I, I mean, bro, you, you should be breaking yourself off every fucking day in gear when you go to work. And guys are like, what if you get a fire? Well, you guys aren't going to be ready for a fire if you work out in your gear in the morning. You're like, listen, motherfucker, I will break myself off in the morning, get a fire right after my two-hour workout and still outperform you. Why? Because I do it every fucking day. Well, it's, I mean, what you're talking about is recovery. And I think we've, we've talked about it before. It's like the more you do it every day, you just, you recover. I mean, you get tired and you're you're laying there or you're you're sitting down for, you know, 10 minutes after you you really push it hard like when we go do stairs you know or we do sprints and yeah. whatever and then you're just recovered and then i mean shit we're we norm we've normalized two workouts a day like yeah we'll come yeah. back and our afternoons are a lift or we just kind of everybody kind of has their little routine or stuff they're working on i mean trying to fix more or less uh but we've normalized, line, we've, you're, you're we've normalized normal. it you know it's like that we're just we come here to to work and, well think about this right Let's say, okay, so your argument is uh, don't work out just in case we get a fire, right? So you don't want to take yourself to 10 and be dehydrated and all this other sorts of stuff. Okay, well, if we get a structure fire and you're first on scene, you do a bunch of work, you're exhausted, do you get to go home? No, you don't. So what happens if you get two fires? That's what I'm saying. Like second one's out. Yeah. Like okay, now I can't go. Like I hey, We're don't service, dude. We did our yeah, day. Don't don't work too hard at that fire because we could get another one. Oh, there. That's the good. One. It's like, hey man, gate it back because we might get one tonight. You gotta leave some in the tank. Go, come slow on, down, man. bro. Yeah, slow down. I mean, you're, don't you're don't worry so about hard. that roof on this one because we might need it on the next one. Yeah, our two dude, day oh, workouts. Yeah. Two day workouts that are normal for us is somebody that comes to work unfortunately on shift. That's their worst nightmare. It's working out two two times in a day. Oh. I think there's a fine line of like, hey, all right, this guy's coming to, to this guy's playing for blood right now. This other guy's here to collect a paycheck, right? So I was like, we got to find out who you're gonna surround yourself with, and then if that person needs help. Come on, dude, get in the gym. Let's do this, right? And bring so them up. These guys, you guys show up to your your station. They're just like, oh, I got forced and I got to go there. Shit. Not many people come into our station, honestly. They don't bid in. Yeah. But I will tell you this, that everyone who gets shipped in to our station leaves the next day feeling great. I mean, yeah. They're sore, but they're yeah. like, oh, man, that was actually a lot of fun. Like, I heard so, you guys were like assholes. To, the, to, your, to your point of like bringing them up. I mean, that's, you're here, we're going to work out, we're going to train in gear, we're going to do what we do, come along for the ride, we really don't care uh, how you perform, just don't quit, you know, yeah. don't, don't, don't that's sit it. in the, don't sit in the rig and say that it's like leg day today or, or tomorrow or the day right, before yeah. and you can't go today, just, just suffer with the crew and if you're a lap behind or whatever, you know, you've got to take an extra 10 seconds here and there. Fine, just don't quit. I don't yeah, care. Nobody just don't cares. quit. 
yep. that little daily quitting that that quitting shows up in every other area of their life yeah everywhere because yeah. it's now normalized normal yeah. it's quitting is normal so they're going to quit any other area of struggle families have a lot going on let ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up like delicious lolly focus pops or lolly mellow pops for kids and for parents try three new brainy chews to help you focus chill out or get energized Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check this out, dude. I might be retired, bro. Like this conversation is getting me all worked up. because, <laughs> Like I don't know if I'm going back to the firehouse, bro. And then we're talking all this shit and I'm getting, I'm having all these flashbacks to these great workouts and then going on the fire and then fucking just these amazing days and experiences and like prepping and training. And yeah, I'm getting emotional, bro. Cause like, I, I, I met, I'm at this crossroads, man. Like I'm 42. I'm young, man. Like shit. I was 40 for you. Cause 40 has been ooh, a bear for me. Dude. Well, I had to, I had to make some adjustments in the last couple of years going into 40. Like I'm like, this is, yeah. a, this is a quality of life thing. I got to, I got to do yeah. some maintenance on this thing. I can't just keep beating it up. Bro, it's a diff- <laughs> like, like it's a different. And now like I feel um like the tendonitis starting. Like I could feel like I'm so <laughs> tapped in to my knees, my back and my elbows that I'm like like I know this movement uh I need to change it up and do something else. Not today. do it a like, 100 times a day. Yeah, it's yeah. like whereas before it was like ah it's not that bad. Yeah, fuck it. Like even with my crew, <laughs> like we'll be doing some fucked up workout and I'm like Hey, um, I'm going to switch out this exercise for this one. I'll fucking go hard, but this will, this will fuck me up for a year. If I do this right now, like I know, you know, so like little substitutions here and there. Cause like the tendonitis is no joke, bro. Like I had two years of that shit. I I tore the fuck out of my patellar tendons so bad that I could barely walk. And I, it was never bad enough. So I just kept pushing, kept pushing, kept, I'm a skateboarder too. So I would just fuck my knees up at home and then come to work and fuck my knees up pretty soon they're just stuck and stiff dude i i had to go on light duty and shit i was like this was this was like over 10 years ago but i even i was like dude i was starting to think like when i was on light duty i was like starting to get weird freaking the the first responder suicidal thoughts dude so you're hanging like, out with the white shirts too long man Oh my god bro i was like i can't kill myself i got kids and shit fuck <laughs> these knees don't work like what good am i you know and so um but through that process i had to rehab that shit it took me two damn years before i could like put 315 on squat rack again and just you know play that game and like use my legs and feel strong but um like yeah guys in their 40s like you, you got to have this little like just this little meter of like you always got to be pushing and you can still fucking push really hard but there's these moments where you're like all right, that tweak is not normal. Like, don't stop. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't stop. Then you're going to die. But, like, you just got to, like, adjust your your workouts and shit. Yeah, know? if you push it like you normally would, you'll be out for a year. Or you'll be dealing with something for a year instead of yeah. just – So annoying. Yeah. That, like that, you you got to let the ego kind of go away just a little bit. But at the same time, you need to have a understanding that, like, your life is not meant to be pain-free. You know, like – your body is not meant to, you know, we're not supposed to return this vessel to the grave in the same condition that we came in. Like we, <laughs> it's supposed to be beaten and, and, yeah. and used, you know, what is it, uh, wear, wear it out or rot. It's up to you. You know, it makes me think like, how do you instill that type of thing into your kid where often you'll see kids use injuries as uh, like avenues for attention and yeah. you know, like how soon do you feel like you should instill that in your kids? Like, Hey, it's okay to hurt, but day one, man, they just got to see you doing it. Right. I don't think there's, I don't think you can ever be too soon on that. And my mother-in-law was telling my son 
you have five seconds to lay on the ground. Like if you get hurt, you count to five and then you get back up. And I thought that was good. You know? Yeah. I mean, I if he leverages that into a positive outcome of his injury, of what else he can do with a hurt arm, cool. Your your leg. That's a good. Broken. Those are good lessons too, right? When they are hurt, and it's like, see, you could still yeah. do all this stuff. Imagine now, imagine what you could do once you get healthy again, or imagine yeah. what you could do without that limitation. Yeah. yeah, just make it a game and leverage those into wins. I was telling Kyle too, like I tore my Achilles, and I was out of work for eight nine months. And I got in the best shape of my life because I went hard on my nutrition. I just leveraged that into what I put in my mouth. Yep. And then all the byproduct was a better me in a boot, right? So it's like, now boot. I can show my kid. I'm like, all right, dude, eventually he's going to break something. I got two young boys. They're going to break a bone eventually. So I, now I have that mindset and that experience that I can push them to leverage that into a victory. So, as well, messed up as it sounds, hey, you broke your arm. Congratulations. Let's find a win out of this, right? It's like... When did you guys start to kind of cultivate that mindset? I mean, for me, it was like 25 until I started to realize like, oh, you can, ha- you can create the life that you want and the benefit in hardships. Like, when did you guys start that? Uh, my dad used to take me to the gym when I was a little kid. That helped, that helped get me kind of on the track of like the whole pain is weakness, leaving the body thing. Um, like that was a little bit. And then being a skateboarder growing up, like you're fucking, you're hitting concrete so hard. And then like, everyone's like, like do it again, pussy. You know, they don't care. Like you'll hit, you'll crack your head and you're bleeding and your friends are laughing at you. Right. So it's like, it it just becomes this normal thing. And then at some point as an adult, it's like, for me, it was the fire service. It was being around guys that I I always gravitated towards the guys that I respected. And I respected guys that could do hard shit that could handle stress that were like smiling and laughing amidst chaos. I was like, what is that? Like, that's what I want. I want to be like that. Like, I want to be the guy that's like, everything's going to shit and he's cracking jokes. Like, I'm like, this, this guy's epic. Like, this is what I want. You can't really you know? do that anymore, though. That's what do you mean? Problem. Well, it's hard to, I mean, we've had some weird and I wouldn't say tough calls, but some weird calls, you know, lately. And I remember a couple of weeks ago sitting around the table and it was just, open season on everything and oh, every, everyone all cultures everything and it's like oh we're all gonna get fired for this but i mean everybody there is of different and they everybody's making fun of everybody but it's 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 hard to find that anymore that dark humor I, I agree with you it's like i look at somebody when the shit hit is hitting the fan and they are just calm and relaxed they're still all in they're still laser focused but they'll yeah. crack some joke and it's like oh i want to be with this guy yeah, this guy. This yeah. guy is seeing everything right now. Yeah, instead yeah, yeah. of just more consequences, right? Yeah. Like you get hit with consequences. Like you guys are in trouble. Like shit's bad. Like whether whether something went wrong, maybe you went to you're going to a fire and you and you went to the wrong house or some shit, right? And it's embarrassing. And you know the chief's gonna come down on you. And you're like shit. And the guys you're with are like, oh, we're fucked. But laughing, like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like yeah. just hand like, together, just. Handling getting reamed and just taking responsibility for it, knowing it's serious, but at the same time, just like moving on, you know, like just laughing through that shit. It's like the guys you go through the academy with, you guys are just getting handed to you and they're just like got that little smile on their face. You're like, oh, that, I mean, as an instructor, you know, when you have a cadre in an academy and there's, there's some guy that comes in and, and he's good and you know, you, you're, you're playing good cop, bad cop or whatever games with them early on and, and this one's just got that little smirk. Like, he knows. You're like, damn it, we don't got this guy. He's, he's like, in complete control. It's like, there's nothing we can do, you know? He's good, and he knows it, and he knows we're fucking with him. And he's just, like, nothing you can do. You respect that a little bit. Invincible. Yeah. I have a, uh, a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. And one thing I want for them is I want them to get that way earlier in life than I did. But you also want to make sure that – they feel safe and they feel loved and 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 confident, but you also want them to grow up kind of hard. And so, like, how do you guys? I mean, I, you guys deal with a lot of of parents. Like, how do you instill that, but also not be the dad who's like overbearing and you know stop being a pussy and like that's not the way to do that either. 
I think you got to set the foundation, right? Like we, we, in our program, we instill that these guys have family core values. You have your department core values and you have your personal core values for your family. You have your standards and your expectations. And by your sons, your daughters watching you do hard shit every day, waking up at, you know, three o'clock in the morning, you take a cold shower, you work out, how you treat your wife, how you talk to your wife after you get off shift, whatever it may be, all the chaos around you and how you handle that. Like your kids are always watching. That's what we always try to instill and teach into our, all of our fathers that we work with. So if you can do that day in, day out, weekly, monthly, yearly, over time, that's all they know is seeing their dad do hard shit, treating his mom with respect, living up to their core values, whatever those may be. And they don't know anything else. Right. So that's where we, that's the foundations, at least where we start. How important do you think it is for there to be a father? You know, I'm, I mean, I know we know it's all important and Craig could probably talk on the other side of it because he was raised primarily by just his mom. And we all know that those moms that raise kids and and do a good job, I mean, that's second to none. I mean, it's unbelievable what they do. But fact is, like, if you can have both parents in your house, you have a dad around, you have a father around. See, I mean, and even to define that, there's a difference between a dad and a father. A dad's kind of just like there for the fun times. A father is like a leader, you know, so he shows the way, you know, he's, he's like, exactly like you said, he's showing how to treat women. He's showing how to respond to adversity. But what is the, I mean, the level of importance that a father brings to a child's life? So two things. One, with your one-year-old and three-year-old, torture them on hikes, bro. Take them on hikes. And just torture them. Like it's the best thing. The best thing to teach your kids because you're just walking and they're just like, my legs hurt, daddy. And you're like, you're so strong. Like you're unstoppable. Look how far you can go. Watch, we're going to do this together, right? It's very powerful, man. Like some of the best experiences have just been with my little tiny ones. They're watching their little legs shake when they walk. They're just like, you got this. You got this, dad. That's awesome. No, huge. This thing and then this thing with the father. I I get so many, we get so many people coming to superhuman fathers who never had a dad because they're trying to figure it out, right? Or they had a dad that was there or they didn't have a father, they had a dad, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was present, but he was one of the kids. Like I used to be that. I used to be PE teacher. My, my wife would run the whole show. She'd make all the decisions. I was just fun dad. I used to be that. So I know what that's like too. And uh, so, so men come here a lot of times and they're like, I don't know what, what, like, what does it mean to be a man? What does it look like? Like what, but if you can be that father for your kids, like they'll just inherently know. And, and all our good habits, all our bad habits are going to pass down from generation to generation. And so like our huge focus is our own self-development is like, what are we creating in ourselves that we're going to now hand to our kids? And what are we not overcoming ourselves because our kids are going to look at us and be like they're going to have the same problems we have maybe it's whatever maybe it's some sort of addiction or, or drinking or or addiction to food or or an angry response or whatever so they're going to have to deal with this and they're not going to ask their dad for help because they're going to be like he didn't figure it out he couldn't figure it out so like who do i who do i go to like you still got the same problems pass them down to me so it's like it's like coaching or anything like that like we're 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 helping our kids skip a lot of bullshit we went through, you know? I, and I think that's what being a father is, is, is leveling up the next generation. And it's, it's sickening when you see it going the opposite direction. Why do you think that happened? I mean, it seems like, and maybe, you know, I feel like the, the parents of the fifties thought that the kids of the sixties, the, the love generation were soft and, you know, they were, they were, taking the country in the wrong direction and it seems like our generation feels that way about this gen z that is you know the the woke generation you know like where did we screw up we just we got too comfortable life Mm. got too comfortable got too easy food is plentiful warm showers like it's just too easy you don't have to work out you don't even have to do much like it's not even hard to really make enough money to survive. Like things are just. Oh, really if you want good. hero status, now you get, it's be a victim. Oh, right? okay. Instead of being, 
being an actual hero. It's like taking a risk. A hero takes a risk not knowing that it'll even pay off. They just do it. Sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it costs them everything. But now you can be a victim in hero status like that. Yeah, I think if you tell yourself the truth and you overcome that victim mentality and you can work on yourself, like personal excellence, right? It's like when you tell yourself like Chris Flores or Kyle Cornett is the one to stop whatever bad shit that was going on in his family for 10 years, it stops at me. I'm not going to instill that into my kids or break those habits with my wife. And we're going to create our own future. So how do I do that? Cool. I'm going to go and be around a group of savages level myself up to my highest possible capability and then i'm going to give that person to my family that's all my kids will ever know and that's my goal at least with my kids my kids are six and three i don't want them to instill the habits of generations that my family had with alcohol or you know hiding emotions um, all that stuff so all that stuff stops with me and i took that as a personal responsibility so when you can personally accept all that stuff and then work on it every single day and not look back you're on you're on the right direction you got to get around people like that and that and that's that's up to you to decide. It's weird. It's like I, I I was raised primarily by my mom. She worked like three jobs. We I have a older brother and older sister. And, you know, I feel like I drive or I draw so much um, power from those like negative things that happened in my childhood, you know, alcoholism and, and, and depression, all that stuff. And it's like, Am I messing my kids up by not giving them enough friction? And will they be able to uh, have things to overcome in their life if I provide them with, like, the type of space that I, I hope I'm giving them? Like, am I – I don't know. It's just, just like, a weird thing. It's like I don't want to give them that trauma, but at the same time, like, that's what makes you strong. Yes. So here's, here you go. This has been a huge thing. I, I was talking about how in one of our zoom calls, we have a zoom call on Saturday mornings called marriage mastery. And, um, I was talking about how I talked, I was talking to my kids and, um, uh, my kids were fighting and I was ripping them, ripping them just, uh, you know, I like I'm controversial, man. Like I cuss in front of my kids when, when it's serious, like that's cause that's who I am. That's, that's how I talk. And, um, sometimes that rubs people wrong. But my kids listen when the F-bomb starts start flowing. Like, they're like, okay, that's serious, right? Because th- there was there's disrespect here. And there's disrespect in my family. Like, I, I, I'm the leader. I got to nip that in the butt. We got to handle this right now. This is not okay. You know, there's certain things that I'll, I'll let slide and let them learn, but that's one thing I'm not going to let them learn. And so I ripped my kids. And I got a phone call from one of our guys. He's like, hey, man, you're too hard on your kids. And I was like, you know what? My parents were super easy on me. I showed up at the fire service, like not emotionally, not being able to handle any kind of criticism whatsoever. Like it would break me. Go to, I showed up at Thornton and they're telling me like how much I suck all the time. And I'm like, hold on, I have kids. I'm an adult. Like, uh, like they're telling me the truth. And I couldn't handle that. I just couldn't handle it. It was too much for me. And so I want my kids to be able to handle that, right? Here's what I've found. You must be someone that they love and respect and they need to know that you love them and that they are enough for you the way that they are, but that they want to be like you. And so they're going to listen to you. Just like you guys were saying in the beginning, when someone shows up to your fire station, and doesn't necessarily want to be there. And you're like, Hey, listen, man, you're good. All you got to do is not quit. Like, that's it. We love you. Like, we're here for you. We're going to teach you some shit. We're going to have a great day. Just don't quit. Right. And if they quit, well, they're going to get it. They're going to get it. Right. They're going to get the truth. Because they showed up, they want to be a fireman. Like, you're going to get the truth. But they know if they just don't quit, like, they're going to get love. They're going to get support, you know? And with your kids, it's it's the same thing. They're like, I know my dad loves me. I know he's going to do whatever he can for me. But I'm going to bust my ass because I love and respect my father and I want to be like him. How do you do that? You got to live it, man. You have to live it. I mean, you have to have the body. You got to have the job. You got to have the energy. You got to have the attitude. You got to have the love and the leadership so that they want to be like you. You don't have that. You don't have the respect. And they're looking at you like, I don't want to be like my dad. You're screwed. You're going to be using compulsion your whole life trying to discipline them. And it won't work. And that's why a lot of dads are like, my kids, they're just like, well, look at yourself. Who would want to be like you? (laughs) Nobody. So like fix your fucking self. 
so that your kids will listen to you. Like you don't even listen to yourself. You know, that's the key. You're harassing your family. I keep telling them all the time, right? You tell your wife, I'm going to lose 10 pounds by Monday. Monday's my day, day one. And you're the same exact person. You're harassing your family with these words. You got to have results and action to prove anything, right? I'm going to stop drinking, right? It's the same, same thing. I like that. Harassing your family. Stop harassing me. You're full of shit. I am. I harass you on a pretty regular basis. Uh, we get guys in our program right they harass us all the time all right i'm really serious this time chris this is my fourth time checking in i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it all right here's the plan dude here's here's what we got three weeks later oh man adversity struck and it's like just follow through man don't quit like we're saying and we tied in a great dad analogy and a work analogy in our in our first responders uh, zoom call the other day other day about sops and accountability right we have all that shit for work we don't instill that into our daily lives with our marriage, with our kids, with our finances, with our faith. None of that. What are your actions or consequences in real life if you don't set those accountability standards up um, or operating procedures up? Real life shit, right? Divorce, alcoholism, porn, drugs, no relationship with your kids. What happens at work? You get written up, right? You get performance accountability improvement plans. You get all this shit, one-on-one meetings with chiefs and paperwork and non-promotions. So if you can tie those two into it, like what are you? What are your SOPs? And when you go home, do you have anything? Are you just running through the day, yeah, you're waiting to go back to work because that's your identity. And it's like you got to create more. Yeah, I uh, heard something the other day that like you you shouldn't be nicer to your kids than society will be because it won't provide them the pathways to deal with kind of what you're saying is um, you're not giving them the training to deal with that type of friction. So, um, when, when you're dealing with your kids too, like, uh, this, I found, learned this the hard way. So <laughs> they're, they're going to get upset when you either, you, you, you put the heat on them, right? Take some shit away. You let them know that, that you're disappointed in them. Um, you're going to come off like you're mad. Uh, you may not be, you may be, um, I mean, what you really want to be is calm and then using tactics with your kids tactics sometimes those tactics come off serious right just like you would as a leader in the fire service like do you really hate this guy are you really pissed off you shouldn't be pissed off at him if you are that's something you got to work off in inside you shouldn't have this conversation pissed off but you may show that you're serious and show some anger right but you got to be in control of of tactically the situation so after you do that your kid may cry and be upset like this happens to my kids all the time like they're crying, they're upset. Dad's dad just lit me up. Here's what I want to know from them. What are they feeling right now? Like this is an important conversation to have after the, the dust settles. Are they angry at you? If they're angry at you, like they're pissed off at you and they're like, I hate you. If that's a sense that they have, then you fucked up. But that's not what you want. Like th- that's, that's the wrong direction. We did this wrong, <laughs> right? Um, also, if they're scared of you, like if they're scared of their father, also a very big problem. What we want is when they say, so So the other day I asked my son, I said, so so why are you upset? And digging and digging and digging. He says, because you're mad at me. I was like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not mad at you at all. I understand you. I was I was 11 once too. Like all of this that you that you're doing, I struggle with that. In fact, I was worse. You're amazing. But but what would you do if, if, if you were in my position? Can I just let this slide? Should I? Should I just let you get away with it all? Where are we going to go when that happens? What are you going to turn out like? You know, I'm not mad at you. And, and, you know, we talk about I'm just disappointed where you were going and I, I have to do something to help you. But that was perfect. He, he was He was hurt because he had disappointed me. Perfect. Perfect sweet spot. We got to be really careful when we come down on them. They're not creating this enemy. Otherwise that will fester and it'll get really bad over the years. And that's when you have a kid that's 13, 14, 15, that won't even talk to you. That's just like, fuck you, dad. Well, they don't feel like they can trust their feelings with you. You know, like they don't feel like they can, like you're a, a safe person to be around. Correct. You're erratic. You come and you, you're up and down. They don't know which dad's going to show up. Um, they don't trust. They don't trust your emotions or your emotional control. 
Um, same exact thing happens in the firehouse, right? Yeah, it's the, the same. Ira- the erratic officer, the the roller coaster chief. It's like nobody wants to be around that guy. Nobody wants to really invest in him, or you just stay away from that guy. You know, like the more can't you trust yell, him. The more, the more it shows people that you're not in control. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And we'll fucking lie to that guy too. Just get him the fuck out of here. Tell him some bullshit. Get him I out. Just got to get through the shift. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's the worst instructors is uh, the leadership by intimidation. Like no one's following you. You're going to be on an island. And that's yeah, the big one. Well, no one believes yeah. you can actually do anything. You just, you control people with, with consequences. Position only. Yeah. Like they ha- we have to listen to you because our job's at stake and we're the new ones here. And, yeah. And yeah. Because oh, the department are, says you're in charge. That's the only reason instead of, now we're going to listen to him because we don't want to let him down. Right. You know? Yeah. Like this guy's done some basic leadership he's let out front already for the first, you know, six, eight weeks of the academy. Now it's like, all right, well, let's follow this guy. Right. His, he's got our best interests in mind. Yeah. You know, our success in mind. So let's follow him. Yeah, I can, I can remember specifically one moment that my, uh, my dad put his hand through a door. Like, like a, the door was closed and like me and my brother and sister were like underneath the bed and like in comes his fist through the door. And it's like, you don't want to, you don't want to be like, Hey, uh, I'd love to sit down with you and have a chat after that. Right. Like you're just <laughs> fucking, talk about your feelings. You're just fucking on. scared, man. And, uh, you know, I feel like I have those, uh, I have those moments where like I'm trending in that direction of just being angry. Yeah. We and all, we all do. Especially fuck, in the man, it's city. so hard to like, yeah to regulate, you know, like you come home, you haven't slept in 24 hours and mm-hmm. you're, you're pissed off at just like dumb stuff. And then when like you have some time to reflect, you feel, I, I, at least me, like, I feel like such a child. I feel like yeah. such like a weak human when I'm like, Oh, did it upset you that your one and a half year old kid threw her food on like the floor? Like that made you upset oh you're real tough bud you're a real tough guy <laughs> and it, it sucks man like uh trying to shorten that reaction time of going from pissed to uh rational is is a it's a struggle for me for sure yeah this is what we tell our guys we tell our guys the quick comeback is what you gotta what we gotta learn quick quickly is like when your wife comes at you and you, and you go on the attack because they're gonna come at you they're always gonna come at you you know, and um, if you can catch this, I, I tell the banana story, dude, like this one morning I came off like a 96 and I'm like, where are my fucking bananas? You know, I eat bananas. You know? <laughs> so my wife's like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I forgot to get bananas. I'm like, you fucking forgot my bananas. This is bullshit. I worked my, worked my ass off for this family and all I want is bananas for my yogurt. Is it really that hard to give me some bananas? It's 49 cents a pound for Christ's sake. And I, I just had this moment oh, where I was man. like, what the fuck am I doing? And I, I even said it out loud. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, You feel like an idiot. You know, yeah. like you feel like, uh, like, a, like, oh, I'm like a child. Yeah, Another. yeah, it's crazy. But here's what we found. Like in that moment, it was 15 seconds after I started going off. And I was like, you don't, you don't deserve that. Oh, my God, I can get my own bananas. I'm so sorry. In fact, like. I can't do anything for you. Like, do you want me to just take over shopping? You got the kids. What am I talking about? I could have ordered that shit yesterday and just picked it up on the way home. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Thank you for what you do, right? So then it was like no harm, no foul. In fact, the kids were laughing. My wife's like, dad's crazy when he gets home. Huh? It was no big deal. Give him a kiss. Like, it, it didn't matter. And that's what I'm trying. I try to teach my guys. is like, listen, don't dig your heels in. Cause we'll do that. And then we'll start to defend ourselves. And we're like, shit, we fucked up, but we don't want to admit it, bro. Just go right in and just say, you're sorry. And just go hold your wife and kiss her and just say, Hey, I'm like, I'm crazy. I'm sorry. That's the uh, biggest lesson it. for your kids right there though, is it's actually good for them to see that. Right. They see an irrational outburst, but what they see is accountability in the end. And vulnerability yeah. too. Cause you're like opening yourself up to ridicule from everybody. Yeah. I mean, if you can one, apologize and say yeah like this is all me you, you teach that accountability and then if you can maybe let let the wife and the kids make fun of you for it too you know yeah. I, i'm sure it happened probably where like maybe a couple yeah. days later or something like 
the wife like made fun banana, of me. Like, we, I got your bananas. Bro. Leave me alone. I got them today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please don't. Oh, here you go. Oh my god. <laughs> if you can, I would have bought you that. fifty. I would have bought you fifty bananas. Oh god, the next day. bananas everywhere, just all over the house. Every meal car. has bananas. It's just everything. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. Spaghetti. There's just bananas. Yeah, all yeah, yeah. yeah. Chili. Your burger. <laughs> Eat it. You said you wanted it. Eat it. But how do you shorten? How do you shorten that time up? Yeah, you know, right. You said you took you 15 seconds. Like, you know, yeah. that's probably, pretty. That's pretty quick. That's way quick. Yeah, like I'm. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. You know, I think some people that, practice, man. Practice. Like this is what I tell guys. You only you got two jobs today. Two. That's it. Focus on two things: your nutrition and your emotional responses. Because we're 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 pretty simple. Like we have to have simple focuses. Okay, I got to do this. I got to do the lawn. I got to work on this business. I got to do that fire training thing. And then I got it. And then we got to work tomorrow. So and then I got to call my mom and I, cool. That's separate. That's all just the bullshit you do. Keep that separate. Watch what you put in your body and watch what comes out. That's it. And that, that you start thinking about all the time. Well, what was my job today? My job is to watch what I eat and what I drink and then how I respond. That's it. You do. If you master those two things, you're going to have a, your, your body's going to be healthy and your relationships are going to be amazing. And we preach too. Like if your wife owes you nothing, man, when you come home, well, we've all been there. I've been there too many times getting in a fight with my argument. It could be bananas. It could be beer. could be anything, right? Like all that stuff. So if you can come home and control that emotional response and embrace the suck, that that's your job, dude. You just got off duty. You put yourself through that pain. You're going to go home. How do you respond to your kids? Your kids just want to go to the park with you. You're going to show up like a grumpy asshole because you got to sit down because you worked. And it's like, you can flip that. They don't owe you anything. You owe them everything. So if you come home with that mentality, that's a victory. We just don't care anymore how we feel. We don't care. We, we give ourselves no credit for working at 7296. We come home. Those dishes are ours. The diapers are ours. The kids are ours. And that's how we roll. We're different. And that's what we tell ourselves. No motherfucker can do what we do. That's what that's what you say in your head. You're like, look at look at how I lead this family. Like, get some pride from it, man. Like, enjoy the fact that you can go to work, handle an entire shift, and hopefully you didn't just lazy about. You actually trained, did some shit, and made the world a better place. And then come home, and then just handle it. And then you're just like, yeah, you're tired, but you're just like, bro, this is the life. What's better than this? I'm you showing up. You just said it, Kyle. You said pride, right? Adherence to what is right. If you do what is right when you get home, you're going to win. You can't lose. You do what's right at work. You take pride in anything, right? You your know, apparatus, your relationships. It's interesting. It seems like um, resentment is a huge issue in marriages. And when you feel like someone else is responsible for X, Y, Z, and they don't do it, you resent them for it. But if you take hundred percent of that responsibility, there is no room for resentment because it's not their fault that this did, they, the bananas didn't get bought or the, the house is dirty or whatever. Cause you're like, Oh, this is on me now. So I think it, it, what you guys are saying makes a lot of sense. It's like take resentment out of the equation when you put everything on yourself. Yeah. And I, I'm a bad leader. I didn't lead, I didn't motivate them to do what I wanted them to do. That's my, that's on me. So like, if I come home and let's say it's the summer and my kids are sitting on the couch and the house is a mess, I'm going to go, all right, let's, I'm going to clean this place up. I just worked a 72. I'm going to feed you guys. I'm going to go scrape people off the street. I'm going to bring people back to life. I'm going to fight fires. And then I'm going to take care of this house. And then I'll start cleaning. The boys are like, oh shit, I better get up and work. And then they come to the dishwasher. I'm like, get, get out of here, bro. Don't take my pride. Don't take my job. I got this. And they're like, no, no, I want to help you. I'm like, nah, go sit down. You want a foot rub? I'm going to foot rub you too. You know? Like, hey, you want to be a man? You want to be a man, boys? Let me show you. You want to be with me? Are we going to do this together? Like, yeah, we're going to do it together. Okay, come here. Let's go. Let's get this. All right? So next time I come home, maybe this can be done. Because if not, I'm going to take it all. It's all mine. And I get all the glory. You understand? Right? And the boys start going like, shit, this is, this is pretty cool to like take care of our stuff. You know, it's just a different attitude rather than coming home and just beating on everybody and crushing them and be like, I do this and I do this. Just bad ads. They're just like, dude, fuck this guy. Affirmations are huge too with your kids. If you start throwing in affirmations to your kid, I, I try to do it before I leave for 24, 72, whatever it may be. 
I tell my six-year-old every night before he goes to bed, I say, I'm proud of you, man. You're a leader and you're a savage every single night. And he's like, I've been telling him that for almost, I think since we went to that event, Kyle, about eight, nine months ago. Since every night he goes to bed, I love you. I'm proud of you. You're a leader. You're a savage. <laughs> and he's six years old. I love this. <laughs> and that's all he's, you know what I mean? He's going to hear that long enough. He's going to believe that, right? <laughs> Do you guys have uh, boys and girls or all boys? Two boys for me. I got four boys and a little baby girl. So I think that there's a ton of strength in, in femininity and how do you, how are you planning on raising the, to the different genders? Cause I, I think that there is some benefit in making sure that that femininity is maintained, but you also don't want, uh, them to lose out on any of the, the strength that, you know, you hope you give your boys, like, how, how are you going to balance that? You know, what's crazy is like, this concept of the warrior monk that we play with in Superhuman Fathers is like, you got to be so savage and so dangerous. Um, but you, you also have to be so sweet and kind and loving and just have this open, like embracing heart, you know? And so that goes for both boys and girls. Like it has to go that way. Now, um, obviously we're different genders. So like the way I feel towards my daughter is like, I only have one and four boys. So like my boys know she's my favorite. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep, <see. laughs> like, and, and you know what they say? She's our favorite too, dad. Like, Oh, that's cool, man. And, and honestly, so in our family, like our women in our family, our women are placed in a special place. My wife and my daughter, we I call them our conduit to God. So like we treat them like like goddesses. Like they they're very special to us. And and kind of like just old values like res respect and like being a gentleman and like but but we really look at them like they are our connection to deity. Like I really want my boys to look at women like that. And so that's, that's like the culture in our home. Like we don't, we do not disrespect our women and, and, and they're, they are the reason why we do what we do, you know? So that's the difference in our family, that, that, um, that view of women versus men. And for us, it's just been really powerful. And for me and my relationship with my wife to look at her that way, um, to, to look at her and look her in the eyes and realize like, my my connection to God is through this relationship. Like that's how I'm going to get closer to Him, and to really respect her in that at that level. Um, you won't talk to her. You won't talk down to her. You won't you won't treat her bad. You won't have unrealistic expectations. You'll just just take care of her. You know. All right. I want to do these scenarios. All right. Because I'm I'm still trying to figure out this whole parenting thing and now we're starting to interact with other parents and I feel like uh my wife and I are very different humans than I don't want to say the majority of people but a lot of the parents that we are coming across I feel like we are maybe hold some different values than others and so uh I just got a couple here so a week ago maybe a little less it was last week we go to this like kid jump place with all these inflatable shenanigans right and uh i'm sitting on the couch i recently got snipped so i am not walking around right i am like i am hanging out in one spot so i'm not really like up walking around watching my kids and i have uh my oldest who's uh who's three apparently he pushed this little kid over and made this little kid cry right so his parents scolded my son and I did not see this. So my son runs over to me. He's bawling. He's freaking out. And he's pointing at this couple over there. And I'm like, am I going to have to beat this guy's ass? So I go, what's up, buddy? And he goes, he yelled at me. He yelled at me. And I thought it was some kid, but I guess it was some parent. And so the parent comes over to me and says, hey, your son pushed my kid, you know, like, and that's not acceptable. And so I, I apologized to them. And I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sure... These kids are going nuts. Like, three. That's exactly what we're supposed to do. Everybody be pushes too. everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, I saw your kid. He's butter soft. All right. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not too concerned. 
So anyways, my son's sitting there and he's upset. And I'm like, hey, man, like, I, I'm sorry that happened. So we have two options. We can either uh, go over there and you can apologize to that kid and we can keep playing and have a good day. Or we're going to sit on this couch for the rest of the night. And I, I left there feeling like, all right, was that, does every moment need to be a teaching moment? Or could we just have just gone on with our day? That, that's, a, that's a good one. Are you good buddies with the dad? I never met this person. This is a complete stranger. I think for the, for me, I mean, I've definitely been in that situation. The trampoline park here is like our go-to. Yeah. And ran to that a ton. No one has ever scolded my kids though. My initial thought, what you said, I'm going to have to, you know, break someone off real quick. Right. (laughs) But it's like, I'd probably give them the sandwich technique, right. You know, thank you for letting me know, but I don't think it's your place to discipline my three-year-old. Leave that up to me. You know what I mean? my son is going to go over there and play again and I'll keep an eye on him and watch him, you know? And I would let my kid go enjoy himself and play. I wouldn't let him sit down. I'm like, dude, get in there, bro. You're three. He'll jump around. You know? Um, if you just watch what you're doing, maybe you'd be, I don't know, cautious of the situation. He's three. My kid, my three-year-old's a savage. He'll jump over everybody. He doesn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's three. He's just having fun. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Totally. So I, I, I would not keep my kid there. That's just me. Yeah. Um, Kyle may may have a different opinion, but for the dad, that would probably, that would take some legit emotional discipline on my end if I saw someone disciplining my my three-year-old. I usually go just psychotically overboard. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? This guy comes over. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. All right. Come here. Come here. Where's your kid? Where's your kid? All right. All right. What happened? What happened? Hey, did you push him? Did you push him? Did he push you? Oh, okay. Okay. Are you hurt? Are you broken? No? Okay. I think he's okay, Dad. Is he okay? We need to go to the hospital. Are we good? So you troll, okay. you say troll the other parent. He'll never know, though. Which I'm 100% know. on board with. <laughs> he won't know I'm trolling him. It'll be for me and it'll be for my son, right? Because then he'll just see me aggressively handling the situation on, on a level that's just stupid. Right? Oh, I love that. All yeah. Right. I, see? I, like these games, you just play these games because then you're just like, then life, bro, life's just fun, you know? Because you're just fucking like, all right, all right, whatever. Yeah, let's go. Let's go all in on this. Like, I could just and, see uh, the dad coming, the other dad going, are you being serious right now? And you're like, yes. not one bit. <laughs> not one like, bit, buddy. I'm making fun of you. He wants he wants to get crazy. So you're like, all right, let's get fucking crazy about this. <laughs> like, and take it overboard so that he's uncomfortable. Because he just made it uncomfortable for you. You're like, okay, you want to get weird? Let's get very, very. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And if you live, bro, you live life like that. Like that's fun, man. Yeah. Like because no, it's just fun. You know? Oh, that's perfect. All right, I got another one. We're at the grocery store, and the lady that's checking us out has like a clear deformity to her face, right? And uh, my son is like, "Why is your face so weird?" And I felt, dude, you're raising an asshole. No, he's wrong. what's wrong with you? He's curious, and so and so I didn't want to make like a scene and be like, don't like I didn't want to make her feel worse than yeah. she obviously did. But yeah, yeah. oh no no no, her face is fine. She's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, look at her. I don't see anything. What Absolutely are you talking gorgeous. about? What do you mean? But you also like I don't want to like tell my kid not to be curious and like ask questions. I think you just. That's one where you you have to probably apologize for your kid there. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and then briefly, hey, let's talk about it in the car, but you know. Like if you see some ass. By the way, what happened to your face? <laughs> yeah. I think those people don't mind sharing. I was like, sometimes comment, sometimes what yeah. happened to your face? Oh, I'm shark attack. Shark yeah. attack. <laughs> I mean, I try not to I try not to make things bigger than they are, right? Obviously, Finn opened up some bigger issue right yeah hopefully the person is comfortable and it's not something they're scarred about you know but it's like don't make it bigger than it needs to be hey i'm sorry you know like um then we're we'll talk about this later that's not appropriate right now you know and then you could leave it at that and then if the other person wants to engage yeah it's like be open to that it's like sure you know yeah but if you as a parent start freaking out about what your kid said and oh i'm so sorry i'm so and then i think it just makes the whole situation awkward. uncomfortable right so every everybody's awkward it's like now you've totally blown this out of proportion that one's good because that one's hard because yeah. like she can't fix her face really right no but my kid will be like, 
my kid would be like, Dad, that guy's fat. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, dude, like that's happened. We have some larger people in my family, and they'll be like, hey, why is so and so so big? Like right in front of them. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm <laughs> you're going to have to Those answer scares. that one. <laughs> Bad choices? My, I, my three-year-old saw a midget the other day and like about freaked the fuck out. He saw a midget and it was like he would, could not stop staring, pointing, talking. I'm like, oh, my God, dude, we got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to cover this one a little bit later at home. Yeah. How to deal with awkward encounters. Yeah, man. Yeah. It was yeah, It was like, an uncomfortable spot because I was like – I don't want to make this any weirder. You just got to have blindfold with you. So when he starts looking around and thinking that, just put the blindfold on him and be like, hey, you can't see for the next 10 minutes before we get out of here. Shutting you down. Yep. Just you're you're alone with your thoughts, buddy. Shutting you down. You put a a muzzle on him. He's like, you can't talk. (laughs) (laughs) Go to the grocery store, just tie the muzzle on him. Yeah. Take that off now. I think he probably needs it, to be honest with you. That's a good one. Yeah. You got one? Which, oh, I don't have any. I'm, oh, you're a perfect yeah, dad. Yeah, my kids have always I guess I'm never said anything. Fuck myself, then. No, actually, so this just happened. So I am driving down the freeway, and I get this text. And it's from a number I don't know. And the first text is, you're a bitch. And I'm like, all right. All right. Well, Which I is got, true. I, so you think I, it's I like- was like, okay, let's, let's bait <laughs> this guy. This is going to be fun. Okay, here we go. So it went on for, you know, went on for about 20 minutes wouldn't tell me who they were. You know, my first response was like, hey, it's not the first time someone's called me that, so you know, <laughs> join, join the club, get in line. And it, what it turned out to be, it turned out to be a classmate of my daughter. And oh. Yeah, yeah. So long story yeah. short, long story short, this is how I handled it, and it actually worked out really well. I end up, like, at the end, like, hey, this is, this is so-and-so's dad. You're talking to her dad, and uh, you're going to tell me who you are. Or uh, I'm just going to go to the school on Monday, and we're going to figure this out. And he told me who he was, and I said, okay, I appreciate your honesty. Have one of your parents call me by tomorrow night. And they didn't call me. He never told them, you know. So I go over to the school on Monday and sit down with the administrator, and I was like, hey, here's, here's the text thread. This is what happened, name calling, all this stuff, right? Uh, just let their parents know and the – assistant principals like are you okay if they call you yeah of course just call me the whole time like i'm kind of smiling at this thing like i'm glad my daughter doesn't get this and i'm glad that she didn't have a phone at the time you know i don't know how she's gonna handle it but i basically said you know like to myself i'm like i've i've been here man these kids i would fucking hate to grow up in today's world right with the cameras and the social media I mean, I I I want to go back to 2005 when we had cell phones, but we had no cameras, we had no video, we had no social media. That's when I think it was pretty ideal. Yeah, you, you had computer, you could still access the internet stuff like that. So, anyways, I've got this perspective, and that's how I'm feeling about it. It's like I, I these kids are. I did stu- so much stupid shit when I was young. And it's like, this kid did a stupid thing. I just don't want him to make a mistake to get some expelled from school over something dumb like that. Uh, both, he's got a mom and a stepmom, both of them reached out to me, and we had good conversations. And again, the, what we decided is that he was going to come over here and spend some time with my daughter, and my daughter's got a horse, and so they groomed it, they mucked it, you know, like they all, did all that stuff. And he had to, of course, apologize to me, my wife, and... Uh, my daughter and so that was pretty uncomfortable for him but just didn't blow it out of proportion you know because yeah. I've seen parents lose yeah. their mind over, and and I, I get it because sometimes that shit if parents don't know about it yeah I mean we've heard stories that that leads to like suicides you know yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. I get it but in this case I, I mean I've seen similar circumstances that cause parents to, I want this kid out of my daughter's class or I want this and you know what the, what I think the biggest thing is you addressed it. You could have ignored the text completely, and he could have gone on for another five years doing that shit and could have ran into the wrong person. Yeah. Right? You, well, one, either you suffer a consequence that you didn't want, right? Like you said, you, you lose some huge opportunity or you're out of school or whatever, or you run into the wrong person because you've been doing it for so long and you get more audacious with your words and you get stomped bad, you know? Yeah. 
could have went over your house and did the horse thing, or he could have been in jail. You know, yeah, it could be yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's it's just a horse head in your bed. <laughs> <laughs> the bananas. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, like think about the, the the parents that go psycho for that are the same parents that are irate at their kids in their house too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, it doesn't help anyone because they're psycho. They're running off emotions, and now you got this this girl that's getting these texts from somebody that's saying all this stuff to them and then they're in this home that's like erratic and so it's just and those are the kids that go and and uh try to kill themselves because they don't have a a, a place that's safe that they can trust and like go to well you know? it also it also taught my daughter some lessons at the same time right so she learns that she better not do that right she learns that she's not the one who did it but she's like oh well, this is what's going to happen probably if i do stupid shit like that but it also is like this is how we can deal with these situations. You know, people make mistakes and I don't need to, I mean, there's a time, you know, like we all know there's a time when people do shit to you and it's, it's time to go, you know? Yeah. They cry, oh yeah. They, you know, but something like this is like, let's, let's go to the source. Let's talk it out. Let's be mature about it and handle it, you know, instead yeah. of just letting it be That's something true. bigger than it needs to be. Yeah. Like if he did it again now, Right. Now we that, got a problem. Now we're going to break knees and slit throats. Now, <laughs> now I'm taking his phone, you know, like this is ridiculous. Like his, no yeah. more phone, you know, which is yeah. another issue. Ten-year-olds with phones and the shit they say. To each other? I mean, he's not the only one. This kid's not the only one. because I Think about some... what you said to kids at 10. It just wasn't recorded. Yeah, but the the issue now is, I mean, you just get more and more like, just mean and you Crazy. say whatever the hell you want because you don't have to say it to somebody's face and it's happening the minute you put a phone in a kid's hand whether he's nine or ten years old it's happening just like it does in people in their 20s yeah they turn into trolls man like they if you let them and they just yeah. they just start going out there's no consequences it's all they figure it's anonymous you know yeah. you guys get trolled at all <laughs> do we <laughs> of course trolled yeah <laughs> do you guys get trolled Bro, there's your answer. It's <laughs> out of control, dude. Yeah. All day, every day. We found out. Uh, well, Tom did. Um, we were getting trolled by someone at our department and uh, <laughs> creating burner accounts and stuff like that. And we found out who it was. And we're like, "Hey, if you want to go train, like, let's do it. Like, we'll come in on our off day and we'll show you what we're about and." And you can are. show me what you're about. Like, honestly, if there's something you can teach me. But, yeah, it actually turned out to be uh, one of the guys that uh, I came out of one of my uh, academies that I taught and just turned into a troll. And I don't know, man, whatever. It's just – I mean, I I was hot on his trail. Like, when that, when it came out, I was like, oh, I know this is a guy in our department. Just by what he said, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to find out. And I did. I did go to him, straight to him, like, Face to face in a station, and it was just you know a bunch of excuses of I don't want to try that, I don't want to do that. I actually even came at me and made fun of me for spending for spending so much time trying to find him. It's like, oh, come on, man! It didn't take that long. It didn't, <laughs> and it's like, you're why don't you just why don't you just put your name on your comments? Yeah, because my name's on my shit, big dog. That's right. My face is out here. That's I'm right. wide open. I don't have a private fucking account. What about you? When I try to respond to the comments and it says no response allowed, I'm like, you pussy. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe it'll get easier. It still kind of sucks. Like, it, it doesn't feel good to I don't, get bro. trolled. When you know you're doing the right thing, though. How many people you guys help anymore? That day in, day out, you know. And that's the hardest part yet. of the fire service, right? I just don't do anything now. outside the norm. Hey, it, it gets me sometimes too, bro. So, still, sometimes some people say some things are pretty good. They're good. They're like we've been there, and they're like, God, yeah, I know exactly. I know exactly what's like, gonna oh, bother you. I'm like, God, damn, God, we got me. And then I start texting. I'm like, fuck you. You know, I'm like, and then I'll get like a paragraph down. I'm like, what am I doing, dude? Delete, 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 delete. Block. And then I just block them. And then I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, I'm responding. You got me. I just spent I spent 10 minutes on the shitter during my workout. He stole. Yeah, the, but you didn't hit send. That's you. the big thing. I've done that before. You start typing stuff out and thinking. It's, but I, I will say the uh, the guy who commented on the mask up video. Oh, recently, yeah. And he said, you know, it's masking up with gloves on. And he said, oh, no, way faster, 
don't, you know, take your gloves off, everything goes smooth, and then you put your gloves on at the end, and it's like, I, I know, everybody knows who masks up with gloves on. There's no way that masking up without gloves on is faster. Yeah. And I just said, hey, send us a video, man. Let's let's see it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Crickets. Yeah, yeah. Crickets. You know. Hey, hey I, when I was in Vegas, I went to the show with my wife, and there was this guy that fucking stood on this uh, rolly thing, and he put uh, a stool on it, and then on top of the stool, he put like two other rolly things, and then he put a table on that, and then he put another rolly thing, and then he put this like surfboard on top of that, and uh, practice. Yeah, it's fucking you do amazing things with practice. Yeah, yeah, people want shortcuts though; they want hey, this is this new trick or new tool or whatever. And it's like, honestly, if you just do like 10 reps a shift for a month. Do whatever you want to do. Just get better. at. Just practice. Like go back to what you said. I don't care how you mask up, honestly. I mean, I know there's faster ways. Just put some time into something and want to be efficient at it. The important thing is you have to have standards, right? Like our standard on our truck company is you have to mask up under 20 seconds. I don't care how that happens. I don't care if you do it the way that I do it or the way Tom does it. Like it just has to happen that way. However that works for you or, you know, like you need to be able to throw X, Y, Z ladder all by yourself. Don't care how you do it to us. That's what's important is like the outcome of, of where you're at. Yeah. I don't know how you guys train there, but isn't it weird? Like you always train the pro be like, we're going to do it this way. Cause this is how it's done. So you can be tested on it. But when you're in real life, do it this way, right? It's like those two fine lines. And it's like, no, I'll just do it proficiently and do it safely. And I don't care how it gets done. I don't even think we train to the the quote unquote job sheet way anymore. I just don't even take time anymore. It's like this is yeah, you're there, out online. This is real fireground. You can figure that shit out on your own. And yeah, if you're smart exactly. enough, you 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 should be able to, but this is this is what you need to know. Like this is the real stuff. One of the, take a couple hours per shift and go practice your uh, yeah, dance. Totally. I think it's like one of the best instructors I've ever had. Uh, his name's Ryan Royal, and he was I worked with him down in Colorado Springs. And uh, I was a terrible fireman at the time. And he's he comes out and he's got these ladders set up, and he's like, "Hey, man, I just want you to throw these." And I was like, "Well, how do you want me to throw them?" And he's like, "Well, just just throw them. Like, just put them up in the air." Like, I want to see how you naturally would do this. And I thought that was such an interesting uh, opportunity, not only for me to prove myself, but for him to learn something new that, like, maybe I did it in a different way. So, like, a great example is we had a class, our last two-day class. We had a firefighter uh, up in, uh, from Leadville, Colorado. Super small department, not a ton of fire, and he showed us a way to, throw ladders that like I have never seen and it worked like it worked great and if you can approach teaching people that way I think it's an awesome opportunity for like that's that's a win on both ends is like you're going to give this person an opportunity to impress you and then you're also going to give them an opportunity to like teach you something you didn't know 